Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. Sam Stern here with Jenny Wise. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. And we have two colleagues joining us today. Our colleague from our Forrester Analytics Customer Experience Index Data Team, Margaret Rodriguez. Hi, Margaret. Hi, thank you for having me. And on the phone is our colleague, Government CX Analyst Rick Parrish. Hi, Rick. We wanted to talk about the U.S. Federal Customer Experience Index, the 2018 version of this. So, Rick, the report is live. Anything happening? Is there momentum right now around customer experience emphasis focus in federal government? There's actually really big news uh, on this front. Recently, the uh, Office of Management and Budget, OMB, issued a new customer experience cross-agency priority goal, just known as a CAP goal. And uh, the new CAP goal is a huge step forward from the previous CX CAP goal. This new cap goal, really, it requires uh, federal agencies to provide, I'm going I'm to quote from it here, a modern, streamlined, and responsive customer experience across government comparable to leading private sector organizations. That is a strong cap goal. The previous cap goal was strong. This one is stronger. And this one is much more detailed, much more systematic. It's very clear that the White House is really putting CX at the center of the new president's management agenda. And this doesn't mean just the folks in OMB who occasionally find themselves interested in CX. I mean, even the new federal CIO herself speaks about the importance of improving the customer experience. This is a key priority. No more letting federal agencies off the hook on this. It's happening. It wasn't a fad. It wasn't a quirk. You got to do it. Why does customer experience even matter in government when their customers, the citizens, don't really have a choice. If you don't want to work with this government agency, you don't go down the street to the next government agency. You really have a difficult situation. So what is the reason why, in particular, federal government, but any government should care about customer experience? Sure. I get asked this question a lot by folks in government myself. So what we've been able to really quantify are six advantages. And what I thought I might do is say a word about each one of the advantages and then let Margaret, the the data scientist, actually give you the the hard and fast numbers for the effects here. So the six effects that we've been able to quantify on how CX is important for government run like this. First of all, any government organization, in order to accomplish its mission, whatever its mission is, in order to accomplish it, it needs certain things from its customers, whether those customers are individual citizens or visitors or asylum seekers or corporations or nonprofit employees for internal customers, right? You need certain things from your customers to accomplish your mission. Foremost among those things is you need them to do what you ask them to do, right? You need them to follow your advice or your directives. That means provide, say, accurate and timely personal information. That means if you see something, say something. And right, so that's the first big thing. The better the government customer experience, the more likely people are to do what you want them to do. Second, you also need people to come to you first for official information, to get authoritative accurate info rather than asking Twitter and getting it wrong, probably blaming you for it, right? The better the customer experience that a government agency provides, the more likely people are to come to them for info. Third, you also need people to sign up for things that are optional. So sure, Sam, like you said, you know, some things are mandatory. You have to do this. You have to do that. That's where customer compliance comes in, right? But government agencies also offer optional services, optional benefits, like all kinds of social assistance programs. Everything from, say, a SNAP program to global entry. These are optional. And people will sign up for those if there's a good customer experience. If there's not a good customer experience, they won't. 
So those are the core things that government organizations need their customers to do. But outside that core, there's another layer. Government agencies also need people to say good things about them. This isn't like advocacy in the private sector. You know, next time you're in the market for a passport, why don't you try the State Department, right? This is just you need them to say good things because that creates the conventional wisdom in society, right? That flows to legislative oversight bodies. That flows to people who write budgets. You also need people to trust you. If people don't trust the government, they're less willing to interact with the government are less willing to do all the other things that government organizations need them to do. So CX affects trust. The sixth thing is government agencies need people to forgive them when they make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. No government organization is perfect, but people are definitely willing to let it slide when some organizations make mistakes, and they're definitely not willing to forgive them when other organizations make mistakes. CX affects customers' willingness to forgive as well. That's all six things. Those are the big themes. Margaret, would you like to to put some hard and fast numbers on those six things? Absolutely. And our listeners may be wondering, well, how can we estimate the impact that CX improvements would have on these six key outcomes? The one thing that's very exciting about the data that we collect on an ongoing basis to measure the quality of customer experiences that these agencies deliver is that we're able to look at the underlying link between experience quality and these six key outcomes for government. When it comes to compliance, getting folks to do the bare minimum to move through the process as intended, we see that for every one point increase in an agency's CX index score, which is that measure of quality, we see 2% more customers agree to do what the organization asks of them. So at a baseline, that's a pretty nice lift uh, in terms of getting folks to interact with the agency as intended. So each point increase in CX index, 2% more of that agency's citizens who engage with them, however we're calling them customers, I suppose, are then complying with what they need them to do. So I can see why then it's a huge driver of mission success, right? If you know you turn around and people aren't behind you, your mission has failed, right? But if they're following you, they're complying, they're doing what you ask, then you've got something. That's absolutely right. And you can think about compliance as where we like to start because ideally you want those processes to work as intended. But we also know, of course, that there are a number of other behaviors that customers can engage in that are good for the agency and good for them, but are truly optional. So as Rick was mentioning, when we're thinking about the likelihood that a customer will seek the agency's advice or expertise on a certain issue or willing to engage in those optional benefits or services beyond what's required, we also see a lift. So as you improve the CX index score by one point, we see a 2.5 percentage point increase in the number of customers who are likely to seek that advice from the agency and 3% more customers who are willing to sign up for those optional programs. So another thing that Rick mentioned was the attitudes that people have, whether it's saying good things about the federal agency that they're working with or that agency mustering enough goodwill that people are okay or forgive them if something goes wrong. Are there any numbers that we have around that as it relates to the customer experience index? We absolutely do. And I'm glad that you bring up that point, Jenny, because as we think about the role that these agencies play in the public space, it's really important, as Rick mentioned, that customers feel positively about this interaction so that they're able to kind of raise the profile for the mission that these agencies are trying to achieve. So we do find even larger increases in terms of these outcome measures when we think about those attitudes and the ability for CX to change that. So just as an example, when we think about what a one point gain in the CX index score nets in terms of likelihood to say nice things about the organization, we see a lift of 4.4 percentage points. We also see similar lifts when we start thinking about the likelihood that customers will trust the organization. So for every one point improvement in the CX index score, we see 2.8% more customers are likely to trust the organization and 2.7% more say that they're willing to forgive the agency's mistakes. That means if they like that experience, 
just a little bit more, just 1% more, they're significantly more likely to forgive and say good things. So how are the government agencies that we've included here doing in the Customer Experience Index benchmark year over year? Are they improving, getting worse? What are we seeing? Unfortunately, what we're seeing is mostly stagnation. Federal CX, it's still weak and it's still uneven. For the last three years, the average score of the 15 federal agencies and programs that we cover has been 59. And that's where it is again this year. That's near the bottom of the poor category. And it's also 10 whole points below the private sector average, which is 69. So federal CX is lagging on average. There are a couple of improvements this year, though. Two organizations, Department of Veterans Affairs went up by four points and healthcare.gov went up by four points. Good news story for both of those organizations. However, overall, the number of federal organizations that have improved is down. Right? There are fewer improvements this year than a previous year. So last year, four agencies improved. The year before that, five agencies improved. Now we're down to only two improving. So it seems like improvement is sort of tapering off. That's a little concerning. We might be plateauing here. Of the two that did improve, this is uh, Veterans Affairs' uh, first improvement in the last three years. And that's good to see because they've been working very carefully and methodically to uh, lay the structural foundations for a sustainable improvement in CX. That's really nice. It's not one of these organizations that tries to sort of, like, gee whiz, look at this exciting new thing we rolled out, and it's exciting for two weeks, and nobody cares. (laughs) Hey, right, exactly. (laughs) I'm really happy to see those foundations starting to bear fruit, and I'm confident that this is going to be the beginning of a multi-year improvement trend for Veterans Affairs that they stay with this approach. The other one, healthcare.gov, they are a big success story because they've improved three years in a row now. This year they improved by four points, last year by four points, the years before that by five points. They're the only federal agency that's improved three consecutive years. And they're one of only two organizations in the entire U.S. CX index of about 300 different organizations that has improved for three consecutive years. Only two. Now, that doesn't mean that healthcare.gov is doing great. They're still the second lowest rated organization in the entire U.S. CX index, above only USAjobs.gov. However, they're improving year over year over year. And as I said, only two organizations in the entire U.S. have done that. So I'm really, uh, I'm really impressed with that. They set the bar low, but they're getting higher. Right, higher. Right. <laughs> That's right. So when we're talking about these increases and the plateauing, what is the underlying cause of that? Rick, I heard you just mention how you know, these ones are working on a foundation that really cares about CX. Do you think that the other agencies haven't been increasing because they are lacking that foundation? Or I guess, what do you think the drivers are behind the companies that are and aren't improving? Unfortunately, what our data shows is that most federal agencies they're simply failing at the things that matter most. So we gather information on 55 different drivers of CX. And then what we do is we group those 55 drivers into seven categories. And Margaret and her team, they do some really fancy math. And what we're able to figure out is the importance of each of those seven driver categories, the sort of relative importance of them. And what we're finding is that federal agencies simply aren't doing better on the driver categories that matter most. The first one of these categories is how easy or difficult it is to go through the process of trying to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish with a federal agency. You're trying to apply for some sort of benefit or service. You're trying to get some sort of information, whatever you're trying to do, going through the process. That is the most important driver category. Unfortunately, most federal customers say, 
that's not easy to do. Only 45% of federal customers say it's easy to go through the process. So that's pretty weak performance there. The second most important category is what we call the customer service category. Now, the customer service category of the customer experience is when a customer tries to get a question answered or a problem solved. And there, alas, only 46% of federal customers said that that customer service was a good experience. And then third, respect for customers. This is the third most important driver category. And only 46% of federal customers say that they feel respected. Interestingly, this is a nine percentage point drop year over year. Every single federal agency drops in the respect category, even when they improved in other driver categories. Across the board drop in customers feeling respected by the organization. So that's a big failure right there too. How much of this is because people have a heightened expectation for respect, either of these agencies or in general? Or what is the shortcoming there? As we're thinking about the importance of expectations, Jenny, you asked a really key question, which when we think about what's required for an agency, agency to deliver a high quality experience that requires that you meet or even exceed customer expectations. And it's really hard to design and implement great experiences for your citizens if you don't know what those expectations are. So as we're thinking about the role of expectations, this is actually something that we collect information for both in the private and the public sector. And when we think about expectations for government, we've actually seen a really interesting trend over the last couple of years. Some of the research that we've done to dig into this actually shows that customers' expectations seem to be lowering. That means what we think is happening is that the government has so consistently underperformed expectations that expectations for most of us have begun to adjust, actually dip, as we are less and less likely to expect our experiences with agencies to be good. Now, Margaret, that's in contrast to the private sector. Am I right about that? That's correct, yes. So we do see some variation across uh, different sectors, um, but in many cases, we actually see uh, it seems that expectations are rising. So unfortunately, we're in a situation where it's not that these federal agencies are part of a larger trend of expectations lowering. In fact, that makes some of the problems and the low scores that we're seeing on the experiences agencies deliver even more. Right. The bar is lower and they're still not jumping over it. How do you get at that expectations data point? I mean, what is the question or questions that you use to derive that? That's a really good question. So we actually ask um, customers, both in the private sector and of course, citizens in the public sector to tell us whether their experience met their expectations or not. Um, and that is information that we're able to track over time. So it is a good complement in addition to the information we're collecting directly about the quality of the experience to be able to see how that paired or matched with their expectations. So I think one thing that's worth mentioning, uh, as Rick mentioned, there are three core driver categories that we find are most important or make the greatest impact, make it or break it for these experiences that most agencies deliver. But it's worth noting that our research has shown that there's a lot of variation in terms of what's important to different groups of customers who interact with these agencies. So there's a call to action here as we're looking across the low scores that we're collecting for most federal agencies today, that it's really important to deeply understand the content of your customers' expectations, as well as what are the most important drivers of their experience. And it's not good enough to just assume that what's good for all agencies is going to specifically benefit your constituents the most. So you can start by focusing in on the drivers that are appropriate for government CX. But then from there, you should really try to understand within that, which are most appropriate for your agency or where maybe are you weakest in those seven categories? What do your constituents care the most about? And maybe where there's some difference between different elements of your constituency. Good. I, I, I like that because I think that gives our listeners 
a lot more specificity about how they go about addressing this or trying to, in most cases, start improving their scores and in a couple cases, continue improving their scores. So Rick, Margaret, you drew our attention to the bottom of the rankings and the progress made by healthcare.gov. Anybody else stand out to you? You know, for instance, who's at the top of the rankings? Oh, sure. The National Park Service uh, for the third year in a row is at the top. Their score this year is a 77. That puts them in a uh, comfortable lead over the second place finisher this year at U.S. Postal Service. And as I said, we did mention that three-year growth from healthcare.gov does put it slightly ahead of uh, USAJobs.gov, which is the lowest ranked organization in the federal index and, of course, in the entire U.S. CX index with a score of 44. Great. I've had plenty of infrastructure weeks so far in this presentation. You talk about that. Maybe I will humbly submit that in October around CX Day, we have CX Week for the federal government uh, to bring greater focus to this. So uh, I would love to have a CX Week. Uh, heads of agencies, if you're listening, as I imagine many of you are, there's an idea for you to take on for October. Plenty of time to get ready for that. Listeners, we are posting a link to this report in the show notes. It's called U.S. Federal CX Index 2018. And as you hopefully heard in this conversation, lots in there for you, whether you're in the federal government or not. I think really interesting data to think about a broader case, broader mandate for the importance of customer experience beyond just uh, some of the loyalty behaviors we do see in the private sector. And Margaret and Rick, thank you so much for joining us on this week's CX Cast. Listeners, if you have feedback or questions about this week's episode, please email us at cxcast, one word, at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perceptions is your customer experience reality.